0: Welcome, together we're going to explore our personal finances and figure out how to improve them. Whether you're just getting started in life on your finances, or you may already have a home and a car payment and you're struggling to get credit cards under control, or you're getting a later start in life on saving for retirement, ReduceDebtIncreaseWealth.com is a podcast to educate those to improve personal finances whether it's eliminating debt or making smart investments. Hello, Mr. Chuck here. And I'm going to be talking about credit cards and which credit card may a good deal and what to look out for when applying for credit cards. But I'm going to start out with the retail credit card that everybody searches online for. That's why the name of this episode is Best Buy credit card gets over a million searches a month. So I thought, well, maybe we should look into what Best Buy credit card is all about. So I found a a article, WalletHub.com, that rates credit cards. And here we are. Review Best Buy credit card. It's an accepted credit score is excellent. Good credit. So if you get average credit or worse, don't even apply for this because you'll be rejected or they'll give you a credit card which will have an annual fee and high rates of interest. So we don't want that. The Best Buy credit card, I'm going to read this article, parts of it, because it's important that I get it correct. The Best Buy credit card would be a solid addition to your wallet if you pay your bill in full every month and regularly shop at Best Buy. The most notable feature is the ability to earn 5% on, back on Best Buy purchases dispensed in the form of Best Buy gift certificates. Its biggest flaw is the Deferred Interest Clause and its financing plans, and you have to choose between rewards and promotional financing at the outset. If you elect to get the 5% cash back, they're going to give you a gift certificate. Which means you have to go back to Best Buy to use it. So Unless you get a lot of stuff at Best Buy and you're continually buying stuff at Best Buy, I don't really like that feature. And is 5% back better than the deferred interest? Well, I looked at the rate And the rate on this credit card is 25.24%. If you make a $5,000 purchase, that's roughly, and this is an estimate, $102 a month in interest. Which is every month as long as your balance is up there. If you get the 5% cash back on $5,000, that's $250. So two and a half months and you're going to be paying more interest than what your cash back was. I don't like that feature. What are they talking about? The deferred interest clause. You can get either or, but not both. You can get the 5% back or you can get deferred interest. Deferred interest, I went in, looked at the details of this card and it basically saying, depending on the promotion, you can have zero interest for six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, or 36 months, depending on the particular promotion. But in the details, I notice, well, that may sound good. And six months at 5000 that's going to save you, this is an estimate, around $600, which is way more than the 5% back. But beware, and I'm reading this, in the details of the credit card issued by the bank. If the balance is not paid in full by the end of the promotional period, interest charge will be imposed on the purchase date at the purchase rate on your account, which is 25.24%. The APR is of March 19, 2020, and will vary with the market based on the prime rate. These offers are not available all the time and may be limited to specific merchandise and or have a minimum payment and purchase requirements as disclosed in the offer. If your card agreements and the terms of the offer and the applicable laws govern these transactions, including increasing APRs, and fees, and termination of the promotional period. So what they're saying is, say you buy something on March of 2020, your interest rate's going to be 25.24%. And and you got something big, so it's 36 months. Just just go, you know, three years from now. Three years from now, if you still have an unpaid balance on those items, they're going to go back to March of 2020, and apply 25.24% interest every month on your unpaid balance. If the interest rate goes up because the prime goes up and down, you could be paying more than that. Or if it goes down, they're a little bit slower on reducing it, but it could go down a little bit. So they're going to go back to day one, date of purchase, and charge you roughly 100 some dollars a month interest and You know, you're making monthly payments, so it'd be a declining balance, so it its way down. Over the three years, plus whatever your unpaid balance is going forward from the three years there. So that's not really such a good deal, is it? I don't think so. And I found this information, let me see, at Best Buy website, under credit card agreements, and if you look really hard, you'll find a little thing you can click on called terms and conditions of offer and that's where i found it real big it got three percent back in rewards on gas two percent back in rewards on dining and grocery one percent on everyday purchases that's real big and right under there it says apply now and then it says view pricing and terms and that's where you click on to get your terms and conditions that they're, everything is big on all the deals, 18-month financing on storewide purchase. 12 months financing on storewide purchase. Total in 299. you know, the more you spend, the longer you get. Beware, and that's the best Buy credit card, and then we're going to go down here a little bit more. Back to Nerd wallet. You need good credit to get the visa there are three different best buy credit cards and the one you get approved for depends on your overall credit worthiness The people with good credit and or better generally get the platinum best buy visa card which has no annual fees allows you to make non-best buy purchases and rewards you with up to three percent back for a limited time in the process applicants who don't get approved for this standard Best Buy Visa is considered for the Best Buy Store Card and Best Buy Gold Visa in that order. You can check your latest credit card score for free on Wallet Hub to see which you're most likely be approved for. No annual fee unless you get gold. If you get gold, it's fifty-nine dollars a year, and this is in Wallet Hub. Five percent back on Best Buy purchases is the best feature. get approved for either Best Buy Visa Platinum or Best Buy Visa Gold, you earn 2% back on purchases made at restaurants and bars. You also get 3% back on net purchases made at gas stations, plus 1% back on all other non-Best Buy purchases. But for the real star of the show, all four Best Buy rewards cards is the 5% back you earn on pre-tax amount of all Best Buy purchases, if you regularly buy things from Best Buy, you're planning a large purchase from the retail. Five percent off is everything. You will save you a lot of money, and I don't think so. Five thousand dollars, two hundred fifty bucks. That's not a whole lot. You're gonna pay way more than in interest at twenty-five percent because you got to get either or. So if you take the five five percent rewards you're going to get 250 dollars. that's a gift certificate and you have to go back to best buy to to use it then you're going to pay interest on 25.24 percent which is around 102 dollars a month on five thousand dollars so the first month you're going to pay 102 the second month you're going to pay 100 the third month you're going to pay 99 depending on how much you're going to pay If you have the money to pay it all off within the 25 days, they do give you a 25-day grace period. So if you can pay it off within that 25 days, you pay no interest, then the 5% is a good deal. If you can't afford to pay it off, then it's not a good deal. Deferred interest makes financing dangerous. If you're planning a big-ticket Best Buy purchase, you won't be able to repay completely within a single billing period you're better off getting a 0% credit card that's not affiliated with the retailer. Unlike other retailers, Best Buys use a featured call, Deferred Interest, which allows interest to retroactively apply to your entire original purchase if you pay your bills late or don't repay your full balance by the end of the low-rate introductory period. All four Best Buy cards have it. So if you make a late payment, it can go back, apply interest from day one, and charge you interest. So if you're one day late on making a payment, you're going to pay interest from day one. And that's on the deferred interest. Uh, Beware. User beware on that. Uh, I've been thinking... Well, if that's what Best Buy does, what's, how about these other retail credit cards? So I'm going to do some research on that, and I'll be back with that. Okay, I found another article in WalletHub.com that gives you a list of best store credit cards. A credit, A store credit card is a credit card that works only at one retailer or a group of related retailers. Store credit cards are great for saving money on purchases at your favorite retailers or building credit at a low cost. They are known for offering generous first purchase discounts and lucrative ongoing rewards without charging annual fees. And nearly all credit store credit cards require just fair credit for approval. Before, below you can compare cards from 100 plus of the country's largest and most popular retailers you can also check out wall Wallet hubs editors picks for the year's best credits best store credit cards some of which may be from Wallet Hub partners if you like a recommendation they are selected for their standout rewards rates and fees in popular store credit card categories and they got walmart jc penny target red amazon express finger hut lowe's shell gas station on and on and on if you scroll down it's got montgomery ward credit account if you click on the highlighted wording there it'll take you to the details of that particular card so they range and it tells you what kind of a credit score you need good or bad fair excellent whatever and it tells you the interest rate, and it tells you the points that it might reward points and you might get, uh, any discounts you might get in the store, and all the benefits of that particular card. Just don't get a whole lot of them. You got to be careful. Maybe just get one. Try to find one where the store you go to the most, say Walmart, and try to get a Walmart card. And then only use it at Walmart. A lot of them you can only use them at that one particular store or group of stores. Don't let the balance get out of control. Keep on paying it. And most all these you're not allowed to transfer a balance from another card into this card. But what the ones I checked out had a pretty high percent rate of interest, 25 and a quarter. 24 percent and at that rate of interest is going to vary depending on your credit score the better credit score you got the better rate you can get better rewards program they have so that's all i have on credit cards and um, the second part of this i'm going to talk about credit card data or the average credit card debt in 2020 okay i got an article here and i'm not going to read it Valuepenguin.com, and they're talking about the average credit card debt in america as of july 2020 i'm not going to read it. i'm going to scroll down and the average american household debt is 5700 dollars Average for a balance-carrying household is $9,333. So the average debt is 5700 and that's if you pay it off every month. But if you're carrying a balance, meaning you got an outstanding balance from month to month, it's going to be over $9,000. And that gives, you know, U.S. consumer debt $3.9 trillion, revolving debt $1.03, a lot of money. 41.2% of all households carry some sort of credit card debt. So if you're thinking you're the only one with two or three credit cards with a outstanding balance, you're almost the majority. 41%. That's not quite the majority, but it's getting close. The Northeast and West Coast hold the highest average credit card balance, both averaging over $8,000. So they have this broken down by average credit card debt in America. They got it by year. They have it by region. So it's pretty important. So depending on where you live, if you live in an area such as New York City, L.A. or even Alaska where you got a higher cost of living, you're going to have higher debt. Alaska's number one was $13,048 in debt. Uh, Alabama's number twenty nine, seven thousand debt. California's number four with ten thousand four hundred. And I live in Ohio, and it's it's not too bad. It's number fifty one. I don't know how the fifty states. How can we be rated right fifty one? Five thousand four hundred forty six dollars in debt in Ohio. So we're in good shape. I guess they are got the. District of Columbia hidden in there. But they go on down and they have all this information by gender, whole nine yards. If you are interested in that, you're not the only one. It's almost getting there where it's the majority of people. So you definitely have a lot of people out there that could be benefit from listening to reduce debt increase. Well, my main focus at the start was paying off credit card debt. And that's the reason. 41%, almost 42% of U.S. households are carrying a balance of at least $5,000 or more, $9,000 if you... Yeah, that's a lot. Some of you is two, 3,000, or more than that, two, 10, twenty so thousand. 20,000. That's my point, you know. It, you got to... Get your finances under control. And I'm going to end this podcast, this episode, and talking about how to reduce your debt. That's what the podcast is about. You need to have a debt reduction plan. The first thing you do is you need a budget. You need where your money coming from and where it's going to. And if you were really smart, you'll take those categories, figure it out, and do it a percent of your income. How much of your income is your credit card debt? We know 42% almost of the households are carrying a balance, but how much of their income is that credit card eating up? And I would base that on what you've been paying in the past and what your minimum balance payment is. How much of your income is eaten up by the minimum payment on all the credit cards you owe? That would figure that out. If it's more than 10, 20%, you're in trouble because your budget, 50, 30, 20, 20% of your income should be towards savings and paying off your credit card debt. If you If you got 19% in credit card debt, that's only 1% going to savings. You're going to have a hard time getting out from under that. Because on your debt reduction plan, you got you got three accounts. You're checking your savings and a retirement. Hopefully a retirement account through work. If not, you should have an IRA set up. Your savings account is for your emergency fund. Build up your emergency fund so you reduce your debt down to the minimum payment quit increasing your debt in other words quit borrowing money to pay your day-to-day bills build up your emergency fund once you have a set amount of emergency fund i've talked about this in the past no matter what the amount you set one month worth of income one month worth of bills you gotta start somewhere 50 percent of what your bills are for a month something so if something Comes up, your car breaks down, you have money you can pay to fix your car without charging it on a credit card. Make your minimum payments, accumulate more money in your savings account because as long as it's in your savings account, it could be used towards an emergency. Once you have two, three thousand over what your emergency fund needs to be balanced, that you never go below unless there is an emergency then take that excess savings and apply it towards your highest rate credit card if you have a credit card that you have a lower balance on and it's not the highest rate it's okay to pay that one off first and then buy your highest rate by paying your highest rate credit cards off first you're going to pay the least amount of interest which will free up more money to apply towards your other debt. And you'll see it start to snow. It's slow to get started at first, but over time that will pick up and it will start to accelerate. That's important. I'm not putting a commercial in here, but I'm going to say if you go to show notes, I have the wallet, nerd or wallet hub links in my show notes i have other links the average credit card debt if you want to review review that and i have some other links in there how to how to get out of debt that i not talked about that are in my show notes because it could be interesting and informative reading for my listeners that's why i'm leaving that in there Support the show in the show notes at the bottom it's support the show there's a website isotonic.com you can go to that my wife and i have together and if you want to buy vitamins isotomic is a form of vitamins it tells you all about it on that website so you can go there Research it, buy it if you want. If you don't take vitamins, you should. Now I'm going to give you an update on my reduced debt journey. A while back I told you I've had all my credit cards paid off. I got my line of credit paid off. I got my wife's car paid off. So the only thing I have left is my first mortgage on my home. Six years ago, I refinanced it and made it a 10-year loan. So I got four years roughly left. And end of July, I'm making a payment. I'm going to pay almost half the outstanding balance off. So I'm making great strides. When you don't have three or four credit card payments, a car payment, and a line of credit payment, you can really save up money in a hurry and get that emergency fund build up and get your debt taken care of even faster it's really snowballing i'm really going down the hill in a rapid right now and my income is even down i'm still working through the pandemic i've never you know been laid off or anything so that's a plus but my income is down a little bit but i'm still making great strides if you're struggling to get out of debt just keep working at it stay focused it's gonna get better and you're gonna be better off in the long run for it remember you need three accounts a checking a savings for your emergency fund and a retirement account if you don't have that retirement account set up if you not have a 401k or something through work you need to go somewhere local banker maybe your insurance agent and get a IRA set up and start putting money in there. Even if you only put $500 a year in there, it reduces your tax a little bit and it's a start. Something is better than nothing because over time it's going to grow. The younger you are, the earlier you start, the more it's going to grow. The more it grows, the earlier you can retire and the happier you're going to be. That's the end of another episode. I hope you found it useful. And if you'd like to share this episode with your friends, please do so. I'm open for any suggestions for improvement or for information that you would like to talk about in future episodes. You can go to my Facebook page and leave me a message. I'm more than glad to comply. To find my Facebook page, go to ReducedDebtIncreaseWealth.com and click on the Facebook icon to go to my Facebook website.